Welcome to the Producers Podcast. My name is Kevin Kister, and that is KJ Granderson sitting right in front of me. Yo, what's any, up? Any relation to the other Granderson? Um, yes. Oh my god. <laughs> so for those who don't know, I am uh, related to the former baseball player Curtis Granderson. Oh and, my gosh. You know, obviously we're we're distant cousins, so it's not like I'll be able to call him up on the phone and say, "Hey, man, come hop on the podcast." You know, um, it won't be have, anything like that. So, do you have his phone number? I do not. Um, oh, okay, but but my dad and his sister are you know pretty pretty close. So, for what it's worth, if I had to like really throw my hook out there and see if I could reel him in, I probably could. There you go. You got a little, little connection like that. A little fun fact. I didn't know that, so that's why I just kind of tossed it out there, seeing if uh, there was any connection, and it hit. Oh, yeah. All right, man. Well, you produced The Drive with Tyler Columbus at DMAC. Congratulations. You've been on that show for, gosh, what's it been? Almost a year? Uh, No, I wasn't. I was with you. Well, I think coming up on four months officially as far as that show. Is it four months? Yeah, I've been at the station for over a year. So, yeah. Time flies. It does fly. (laughs) Me and you you have worked together quite a bit over over a couple years here now. Um, We did Orlando and Cecil, and then now you're on The Drive, and I was with you. Now I'm doing... Orlando and or you were doing Orlando and Sandy. Yeah. And yeah now yeah, I'm yeah. doing Orlando and Cecil. But anyway, there's been a topic and a theory I'm very passionate about, KJ. Mm. And I know me and you have we flirted with the conversation. We've dipped our toes in the water and in the sand over the over the times we've worked together talking about this. Right. And my theory is you do not need to overpay wide receivers because you don't need elite wide receivers to win Super Bowls. Why do you say that? Because you don't. (laughs) (laughs) It's simple as that. Um, When you look at wide receivers, in my opinion, they are the most least dependent position on the field, uh, on on the main side of the the offense. Okay. You don't don't need them. You know, when you look at Super Bowl champions, there's always – there's there's going to be anomaly years. There's going to be those special years similar to like the 2000 Ravens where they didn't need an elite quarterback that year because they had an elite defense. You know, you're going to look at the 2002 Buccaneers. You're going to look at some of the old Steeler teams. I know you're a Steelers guy. I am. But Peru Terry Peru. Bradshaw wasn't winning those teams' Super Bowls, in my opinion. Right. It was that steel curtain defense. I think we can all agree on that. But when I look at Super Bowl winning teams – When's the last time you actually sit down and you're like, that team won the Super Bowl because of this person, because of that wide receiver? Yeah. It's it's really that quarterback. Hey, I mean, that's that's true. I mean, I was, you know, thinking about it earlier. Like, the quarterbacks um, over the years have obviously been the vocal point of an offense for years. And, you know, we saw that transition begin to happen roughly about 20 to 25 years ago. I I personally think the transition for quarterbacks to be like the the key component of the offense started transitioning about the early to mid nineties, and then once Peyton Manning came in, he just took it from here and just yeah. sent it straight through the roof. And the reason I make that point is because quarterbacks are dependent on the weapons around them. Like, like I know a lot of times we get into this mantra of. Oh, the quarterbacks, they'll make it work. They're great ones. They know how to make it work, and in theory, they do. But we look at Aaron Rodgers. He hasn't had a top-tier talent outside of Devontae Adams in God knows how long, and he hasn't been able to get back there. And even with Devontae Adams, because they haven't put up the weapons around him, 
they still have not been able to get out of the NFC Championship game. So that's just obviously one example of many. So when we look at the totality of it, um, you look at all 55, well, I guess you could say now 56 um, Super Bowl winning MVPs. Um, you have eight that are wide receivers, seven that are running backs, one special teams, 10 that are defense, and 30 that are quarterbacks. There you go. So, yes, it's depending on the quarterback, but I will also make the argument that wide receivers help make the quarterback as well. Oh, KJ, no. I'm serious. You're going to hurt me here. You know what? As a matter of fact, man, let me let me. Let, I'm gonna hurt you even more oh, here. Here we go. Here okay. we go. Give it to me. Here we go. So I'm I'm just gonna name some of the top tier receivers that have gone on to make huge impacts in the Super Bowl. Okay. Jerry Rice. It's, okay. I mean, that's a pretty uh, easy okay. one. Obviously. Lynn Swan. I'm not biased towards that one or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Julian Edelman. Right. Dion Branch. John Stallworth. Antonio Freeman. Danny Amendola. Even though he's not like a superstar receiver, right. he made a pretty decent impact. Michael Irvin, you know, and these are just a few. I mean, we can go on down the list. Yeah. San Antonio Holmes, you know, and and several other players. So the point I'm getting at is that you need decent receivers to at least kind of give the quarterback someone to depend upon. You know, it's, so it's what are what are you basing those? They had an impact in the Super Bowl. What are you basing that off? What numbers? Okay, I, I'm basing that off of someone who was able to get basically anywhere between 80 to 150 yards receiving with at least a touchdown. Okay, so so anyone so based off your theory or your guideline, they had to have at least 80 yards in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and 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 you said a super uh, a uh, a touchdown. Right. Okay, that's fair. That is very fair. You look at Jerry Rice. 90% of the people in the world are going to say Jerry Rice is the greatest wide receiver of all time. Yep. You know, personally, I, I was a big Calvin Johnson fan. I think Calvin Johnson is the greatest receiver of all time. That's And that's a conversation for a different era or a different time. Just he was a freak of nature. He was a freak of nature. Find a, I would agree. Find a more talented guy than Calvin Johnson. But I, I would push back on this and say, even with my criteria, um, overall, you know, receivers have gone on ultimately to change how quarterbacks have had to view their weapons because for a long time it was as long as you have a good running back behind you and as long as you have a weapon that you trust. It doesn't have to be a great receiver, but a weapon that you trust, which is ultimately kind of your argument. I would say that over time that has become more debunked only because you need those star receivers to be able to make a make those plays when you need them to count the most. And the reason I say that is because you look at it over time, some of the greatest plays that we've come to know today have been performed by some of the receivers that I just listed off to you. Even in the most recent Super Bowl, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup put on an absolute show right. in the Super Bowl. He, A lot of people try to you know downplay the fact that he's the number one receiver, but Yes, he is a number one receiver, even though he plays out of the slot. And he, I think, will go on to be the greatest slot receiver we've ever seen. Whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, we got Brandon Stokely sitting in that other studio right there. Now he can come KJ. on in here and argue his point, KJ. too. I go toe for toe with him. Look, Cooper Cup had one of those years, one of those anomaly years. Yeah, for sure. And, and it hurts my argument. I'll, I'll be honest. I did not think if I was a betting man – there's no way in the world I'm putting any kind of 
money on Cooper Cup to win MVP in that Super Bowl. I was going to put it on either quarterback. And <laughs> if I was going to do a receiver, it was going to be Jamar Chase. Right. That's just how I, I did not think Cooper Cup. I, I, think, I think I tweeted it out. I don't think he'll go for over 90 yards. Mm. And, and, I mean, he shattered that. They won that game because of him. Yeah. And, and Matthew Stafford. I mean, the, and the, the defense played great, too. Aaron Donald. Whew. You know, you can make the argument that Aaron Donald should have won MVP of that Super Bowl, but, but that's, yeah. that's a conversation for I a mean, different day. I couldn't agree more. I mean, to your point, there were several guys who could have potentially won Super Bowl MVP for the Rams. That's just how good that team mm-hmm. was. But they would not have had a chance to – ascend the way that they did without Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup was the staple of the offense. With all of the injuries they had, with all of the ups and downs they've had, and with everything that they went through this season, Cooper Cup was the constant. Even when Matthew Stafford came back down to earth after week four, I mean, Cooper Cup was still there. He was his first target. He was his go-to guy. He was the hot route guy. Okay, so you, I want to go back a step. You said that the wide receivers make sometimes they make the quarterback better. Yes. Give me an example. Well, I think I think the 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 easiest example, if I had to <clears throat> give you one, is I'm a firm believer Tyreek Hill made Patrick Mahomes better. Really? I do. Not Travis Kelsey. And and when I when I say receivers, and I'm going to give you some receiver um some receiving stats, I'm not. Talking tight ends. Right. Because Travis Kelsey is a tight end. He is. I know he plays like a receiver. He is a tight end. He, it, we would definitely classify him as a tight end. And that's why I think tight end is more valuable receivers. And we, we'll get into that a little bit later. But you think Tyreek Hill made Patrick Mahomes better. I think he did. I think he he posed a threat to the offense that, no disrespect to Miko Hartman or Robinson or any of the other receivers that they had, I personally believe that Tyreek Hill – presented such a match uh, uh matchup um created such a dysfunctional matchup for the mismatch, defense mismatch. mismatch yes that's the word I was looking for there you go um for the defense that I really believe that it made Patrick Mahomes look at him as the number one option pretty much play in and play out because when you look at what Tyreek Hill was able to do when he was single coverage versus double coverage if he was single coverage nine times out of ten, Patrick Mahomes is going his way, you know, because they can't they can't always run a two deep safety every single time, right? You know, at some point you got to kind of switch it up, you know, so you can be able to kind of send linebackers and safeties down to kind of shut down Travis Kelsey as well. And so, you know, there were moments where Hill was able to present such a threat to the defense that he literally opened up the entire offense for everybody else. If that doesn't make a quarterback better, then I don't know what does. Okay, so here's my thing. And, and we'll use the Chiefs as an example because they are a good example to debate this topic on. I think we we all know Patrick Mahomes is great. I <laughs> think Travis Kelsey helps him more than Tyreek Hill did. You think so? I think the scheme that Andy Reid is pulling out, and my goodness, is Andy Reid one of the best offensive minds in football? He schemes these wide receivers up, and what do they? What do the Chiefs? What, if you were to look at the Chiefs' wide receivers and not put any names on them, how would you describe that group? What's the one characteristic that's going to describe that group? Fast, fast. Andy Reid knows how to scheme his fast wide receivers. He knows he's got a quarterback that could throw the ball seven hundred miles. 
he's got guys that can get down the field quick. And a lot of those is you got to watch. This is when some of the stats can hurt you a little bit is, you know, he'll get these little reverses, but Mahomes will lob it to him. That's considered a pass, a little shovel pass. That's considered a pass. So those guys, they could get that and go, and Tyree Kill will go 85 yards. Well, okay, it was more like a handoff, but it counts as a pass. So that's why some of the receiver stats get a little debunked. But, okay, here's my thing. I think the quarterbacks make the receivers better than they are. I mean, and obviously there's a case that can be made for that. So sticking with the Chiefs here, what I would say to that is I look at Tyreek Hill and I personally think that Tyreek Hill made Patrick Mahomes better because when you look at the other receivers, they had issues, right? Some couldn't consistently catch the ball. Some struggled getting off the line. Some just weren't fast at all. And if I'll be honest with you, Tyreek Hill had all of them. That's what made him a top five receiver and still makes him a top five receiver today. And so my biggest thing is when you have such a unique talent like that, who's so fast, who can catch, who can be able to get open underneath and over the top and has a plethora of routes they can go to. I just really believe that wide receivers of that caliber are such a rarity in today's NFL, because again, there are so many characteristics that make a great receiver, but it's hard to find one, especially in the package of a Tyreek Hill. Okay, so I want to give you. I'm going to give you some numbers here. All right. Okay. Talk I'm, to going to, I'm going to throw the stats out there to you now, and 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 my thing with wide quarterbacks make the receivers better. Look at who is the best receiver Tom Brady ever had. Randy Moss. Okay, and Randy Moss. How many Super Bowls did Randy Moss win? Zero. Exactly. When you look at the greatest receivers of all time, and we'll get to there in a second, but look at the other receivers uh, Tom Brady's ever had. Julian Edelman. Who was Julian Edelman before before he was a Patriot? He was a quarterback. He was a quarterback. <laughs> okay, look at, look at Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne. Were they going to be anything? Were they going to be Hall of Famers? They were good receivers. Okay. Were they going right. to be Hall of Famers without Peyton? I'm Manning? glad you qualified that. Yes. You thought you think they were going to be well, Hall. Okay. Of- well, I think Marvin Harrison somehow, some way, would have found a way to go on to be a Hall of Famer. Probably wouldn't have been first ballot. I don't think Reggie Wayne would have. So okay. to your point. Okay. Yeah. When when the Broncos went out and got Peyton Manning the year before, Eric Decker, Demarius Thomas, those guys even touched a thousand yards. Obviously, they had Tim Tebow, and they ran the ball a million times. Well, guess what? They No one knew who Demarius Thomas was, KJ. I know you you came to Denver a little late. No one in this town, they knew who Demarius Thomas was. You probably can't see him down the street and be like, hey, that's Demarius Thomas back then. All right. You wouldn't, people probably wouldn't have known unless they were diehard fans. But when you look at the Broncos that season with uh, D- Demarius Thomas and Eric Decker, no one knew who the receivers were. They knew, hey, this Decker guy, hey, he's married to a country singer. We don't know who the country singer is. <laughs> we know he's a good-looking guy. He's a guy from Minnesota. 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 And then you, we got Demarius. He's a first-round pick with some, with Tim Tebow. But no one knew who these how good these guys were until Demarius took that 80-yard touchdown pass, I'm sorry, against your Steelers, in that playoff game with Tim Tebow. That's when Demarius broke out. 
that's when that or maybe not broke out, but that's when he, everyone was like, "Oh, now we know who this guy is. He's got he's fast. He's big." But no one knew these guys could become elite until Peyton Manning got here. So Peyton Manning took both of those guys and got them over a thousand yards. They got them over uh, uh, um, ten touchdowns each. I mean, he put together the greatest offense of all time with those guys. Right. If you had Kyle Orton, none of those guys are going to go for a thousand yards. Well, I guess it's less about the accomplishments as far as the regular season and trying to uplift wide receivers. I get your point, but my biggest thing is when you get to the pinnacle, when you get to the mountaintop, who do you have that is going to be your reliable guy? Yes. And I think that at some point you have to have someone who's going to go out there and make plays, and traditionally that's your number one guy that is your number one receiver. Your number one receiver has the ability to get open when you need him to get open. He has the ability to make the catch when you need him to make the catch. And I'm a firm believer that at the end of the day, I'm not saying that number ones have always played great in the Super Bowl, but more times than not, number ones have always been a consistent uh, thing. They've been a consistent guy. They've been a consistent hold for the quarterbacks. And I think ultimately, without the number one guy at receiver, no matter which team you're talking about you can go all the way back from the beginning I don't think those quarterbacks feel as comfortable as they do without their number one guy as a matter of fact I'll even make an even greater point Uh oh Terrell Owens gets hurt in the NFC championship game and he was able to kind of work himself back and he got back in the Super Bowl and because he wasn't a hundred percent I'll be honest the Eagles lost now I'm not I'm not blaming that on the fact that T.O. wasn't a hundred percent but Imagine if he was 100%. And we know how much Donovan relied upon him, no matter what their relationship was off the field. But why did they? Why did the Eagles lose that Super Bowl to Tom Brady's Patriots? Well, I mean, I don't think, number one, they had enough firepower. And number two, I just don't think that, you know, the Eagles were able to get a stop when it mattered most. I'll tell you. They didn't have an elite quarterback. Oh. Was Donovan McNabb an elite quarterback? During that era? During I would, that era. I would say he was a top 10 quarterback. Okay, top 10. Is top 10 elite? I would say yes. You would say top 10 is elite. I would say top 10 is elite. I mean, look at all of the... I, I, would, I would say top five. You would say top five. Okay. Uh, okay. You know, I, the reason I say top 10 is elite is because there are so many quarterbacks that come in and out every season. And I think for quarterbacks to be able to not just enter the top 10, but to hold a top 10 spot for multiple years then I think that status has to be considered elite because now it takes you from being just an average quarterback to a good quarterback. Yeah. And then the longer you do, you go from a good quarterback to a great quarterback and then from a great quarterback to one of the greatest of all time. So, Okay, again, we're talking about my theory of you don't need to overpay wide receivers. You don't need elite wide receivers to win Super Bowls. KJ's kind of on the on the flip side of that, thinking receivers are more important than we actually think. I say no. So, KJ, I'm going down since the year 2000, okay? Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, obviously the last couple of years, you know, we've, we've seen Tyreek Hill in the Super Bowl. We've seen Cooper Cup in the Super Bowl. All that good stuff. Right. Right. But let's go, let's go further down, okay? So, I'm going to – let's start at 2000. Do you know who the Ravens' leading wide receiver was that season? Um, I'll give you a million dollars. Well, shucks. I guess I'll stay where I am because I don't have a clue. Quadri Ismail. Ah. And guess where he ranked in the NFL in receiving yards that year? 49th. 12th. Oh. In 2001, 
Troy Brown, 10th. 2002, Keyshawn Johnson, 16th. Deion Branch, David Givens, Heinz Ward, Marvin Harrison was second, but he did zero in that Super Bowl. He did zero. Okay, so I can I'm going to list I have a list of all the guys. Okay, uh-huh. Anquan Bolton, Golden Tate, Julian Edelman, uh, Alshon Jeffrey, Victor Cruz, Marquise Colson. All these guys never finished in the top ten of receiving the year they won the Super Bowl. So basically, what you're saying is. What makes a top receiver is their ability to finish strong in the regular season and to also finish strong in the playoffs? Well, well yeah. Here's the thing. Um, let me see where I have it. Victor Cruz. Victor Cruz in 2011. That's the year the Giants won the Super Bowl. He finished third in receiving that season. Guess what he did in the Super Bowl? He had four catches for 25 yards. Greg Jennings in 2010 had four catches, 64 yards. Marvin Harrison had five catches for 59 yards. These guys don't have elite games in the Super Bowl. So when it matters most, the most important game of the season, in my opinion, these guys don't even show up. That's why I told you earlier, I would not have focused, if I was a betting man, I would not have put my money on uh, Cooper Cup to have that kind of a game. And quite frankly, the first half, he wasn't. It was all Odell Beckham. You need to find other guys. You need to find average guys. Odell Beckham is just average now, in my opinion. And he was going out and having a great game. You don't need these elite wide receivers. That's why I'm like, Julian Edelman. Everyone loves Julian Edelman. KJ, in 2018, he was 28th in receiving. All right, twenty-eight. I, I, I'll give you that. What I will say is, I mean, it's easy to look at the numbers and just kind of say, oh, you know, these guys, they didn't show up. But in reality, I'm a firm believer that beyond the numbers, as long as you're able to make the catch or one of the catches that was a pivotal turning point in the game, I think that made up for your lack of, So you think? Uh, I don't know, I, I, I mean, hundreds of yards and touchdowns. Let me do this. Let's look at... Give me, give me your top five wide receivers over. Just give me your top five wide receivers right now. Uh, right, that's in the NFL right now. Right now, um, in no particular, just no particular order, no particular order. Um, all right, let's go AJ Brown, let's go Cooper Cup, um, Michael Thomas when healthy. Um, I guess Jamar Chase. I mean, would you say Jamar Chase? Uh, Maybe okay. Uh, well, you're 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 iffy on it, so we won't put him on there. You got Marquise, uh, Marquise Colston. You got Pla- uh, Plax- Plaxico. Jeez, <laughs> wow! <laughs> <laughs> I just read Plaxico on my list. <laughs> Let me redo it. You got AJ Brown. You got Marquise Colston, and you got Cooper Cup. Those Ma- are your top Marquise three. Colston is is that what you just said? No. What'd you just say? Michael Thomas. Yeah. Woo, I'm thinking Saints. <laughs> all, right, AJ, okay. all right, we're going to do this again. A.J. Brown, Michael Thomas. And Cooper Cup. And Cooper Cup. Okay. All right. So Give me two more. I got you. So my fourth one, in no particular order now, just, I got Tyreek Hill, and then I would throw uh, DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. Two of those guys won Super Bowl. That's it. Yeah. Cooper Cup did not. Cooper Cup is a good example, too. Uh-huh. Yes, he was Super Bowl MVP, had a great season. One of the greatest seasons, if not the greatest wide receiver season ever. 
but he had a quarterback. Last year, he didn't do this. He had a good season. He didn't play this great because he had an average quarterback in Jared Goff. Now he's got the elite quarterback. DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. He had he had everything in Houston, but they didn't win because of him. Uh, Michael Thomas. Dude, you had freaking Drew Brees. The Saints didn't win a Super Bowl because they didn't have anything else around him, around their quarterback. They put all their money on Michael Thomas and Drew Brees, and they have look at them. They're still trying to recover. DeAndre Hopkins in the Texans. They spent all their money on Deshaun and uh, and that fiasco and DeAndre Hopkins. Um, who was the other receivers you said? Um, I had Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, and A.J. Brown. Tyreek Hill. They got an elite quarterback. They got a great team. They got a great defense. They got a great offensive line. And who was the last one? Uh, A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown. What? Did, uh, come on. Why? What? They? Why? The the Titans did a phenomenal job. They traded A.J. Brown to the Eagles. The Eagles. They're like, we need weapons for uh, for Jalen Hurts. Okay, maybe to help develop him. But the Titans are better off right now in the long run. Without A.J. Brown. I know people are going to be sitting here like, you're an idiot. I'm just telling you, it works. Because you're not focusing all of your money on these wide receivers. When you look at the top paid wide receivers in football, it's like, what are you doing? Look at the, look at the Falcons. Look how dumb the Falcons have been over the years. The, the Falcons went out. They paid <laughs> Matt Ryan as they should. They then went and spent all this money on Roddy White back in the day. They draft, they moved up forever. They moved up all the way from the end of the first round all the way up front to get Julio Jones. All right. So the I, I, I and get the, and then they drafted Calvin Ridley. What are you doing? Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, the Falcons are, you know, a team that they have always kind of done what the heck are you doing moves here and there. But what I will say is just to kind of give some pushback. So because these elite wide receivers haven't either won a Super Bowl or they haven't had all of the greatest seasons, does that make them not great? And the reason I say that is because at the end of the day, how many times did the quarterback look their way or try to throw their way when they were open versus when they weren't open? Well, I I think your first point, these guys, does, does this make them not great? No, they're great receivers. Okay. That, that that's kind of the whole thing of this argument is they got to be they're elite wide receivers. I'm not taking anything away from DeAndre Hopkins. Well, you know, just like I know, <clears throat> elite receivers are dependent upon the quarterback. That's something we've already established yeah. early on in this yeah. episode. And so, what I would say to that is, in order for that receiver to also help that quarterback, they've got to know that yes, I may be double teamed or they may be running zone schemes around me a lot of the times, but. When it's time to make a play, I got you. Or when I am open, when we set up this hot route for me to go, I got you. And it's one of those things where, as a quarterback, you got to know that your number one guy yeah. is not going to be open all the time. But <clears throat> when it's time to hit him, more times than not, that guy is usually right where you need him to be. My thing is stop overpaying these guys. I mean, I, I just I'm looking at NFL Live on TV right now. And they they're showing a uh, they just showed a clip of Devontae Adams with the Raiders. Is that going to solve the Raiders issue? Is that going to be the hey we got over the hump now? No, the Raiders issue is because they have no freaking defense. 
They don't know what they're, they can't slow anyone down. They're letting Drew Locke beat them. KJ? <laughs> Drew Locke. We watched the, the Raiders barely beat the Broncos at times and then lose against Drew Locke. That's pathetic. Yeah. So when I looked at what the Broncos, when, when I look at what the Broncos did in 2014, they paid Demarius and then they paid Emmanuel. Why? When the, what the Broncos did, my thing is what the Broncos did, George Payton did a phenomenal job. He didn't overpay for Cortland Sutton. He didn't overpay for Tim Patrick. Right. And in my opinion, Tim Patrick might be the best receiver on this team. Uh, I would definitely agree. From a GM standpoint, stop paying these wide receivers. They come off trees. Look at the NFL draft. How many win this year's NFL in the first round? Seven, eight of them, six of them? It was over five. It, they, they fall off trees left and right. You know, you look at Jerry Judy. Are the Broncos going to be the best team in the AFC West because of Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton? No. The talk is because they have a quarterback. That is true. I mean, obviously, Russell Wilson has been the talk of the town. But I am going to always go out on a limb and say that quarterbacks are only as great as the weapons that they have around them. And I think those weapons have the ability to even raise the quarterback's play on days and in moments where the quarterback is not always there. That's usually what makes them great. They make the plays when they need to be made. They, we've seen it countless times in the playoffs, not not always in the Super Bowl, which is perfectly fine. It, it happens because defenses have time to kind of plan for that kind of stuff. So it makes sense in my book. And so beyond that, what I would say is why receivers are always going to be viewed as, you know, commodities. You know what I mean? But beyond that, we have to remember – that each receiver, number one or not, has to play a certain role. Number one receivers are always the decoy, and everybody else benefits from it. And I think the greatest thing a number one receiver can do is recognize while everybody else is eating, it's time for me to start to scheme so that I can be able to make that play when it matters most. I'll say this, and we got the this day in sports history as we're running out of time. What we've established or what the argument is, is I don't believe you need to overpay these elite wide receivers. You can give me, give me three Tim Patricks, an average offensive line, an elite quarterback, and a top 15 defense. You're going to win a Super Bowl. You're going to have success in the playoffs. Okay? Yeah. Um, you look at the Buccaneers teams. You look at all the teams Tom Brady has. Never had the elitist wide receivers, but they had top 10 defenses, and they won. They had an elite quarterback. They won. You know, all these teams. I look at the Chiefs right now. Even Yeah, Tyreek Hill's gone. They got guys that are plugging in. They just drafted a receiver they're going to plug in. They got speedy guys. My thing, don't overpay them. They're the least dependent position on the field. KJ, you think they're a little more valuable. Well, hit us up on on uh, on Twitter, on social media. I'm at Kissing Radio. You are at? I'm at KJ the Goat with three T's. Okay, there you go. Hit us up. Give us your response right here on DenverFan.com. This is the Producers Podcast. This day in sports history, KJ, 2021. We're going so far back. The (laughs) USA men's basketball team sees their 25 Olympic winning streak end. They're beaten 83-76 to by France in the first round match in Tokyo. How pathetic is that? I mean, I think it's one of the worst losses probably in the history of the Olympics. Just because... Uh, the men's basketball 
you know, once they uh, switch over to the format where NBA players started playing, I think, you know, the NBA and USA basketball as a whole kind of came together to uplift USA basketball in the Olympics. And it became so dominant that people basically felt that the USA was untouchable. And to well, see they th- should be th- right. And to see that that team, I'm going to be honest, they didn't care. And the fact that they didn't have enough pride to come together and be able to put their differences aside, whatever it may have been um, during that particular time, I think it showed that the USA is becoming more vulnerable right now because you have less guys who probably take pride in trying to win for Team USA. A lot of guys are like, oh, if we lose, that's fine. I'll just take my vacation and get ready for the season. It's like there was a period of time where LeBron, Kobe, uh, Kevin Garnett, Kevin Durant, uh, all of those players, you know, during the 2000s and the late 90s, like those guys, they took pride in winning, man. and. I think the the times have shifted just a little. You lose to France. Name one player from France. Uh, Nicolas Boutin. You don't know who that is. No one knows who that (laughs) is. Stop it. Stop it. That is going to do it for us here on the Producers Podcast. My name is Kevin Kister. That is KJ Granderson. A couple birthdays here. Brandon McManus. I'll see you at training camp, boy. Uh-oh, and uh, uh-oh. Our, our good old buddy, Philip Lindsay. Happy you, birthday, gentlemen. Did you know he was from Colorado? I don't think I never knew that. Yeah, uh, well, <laughs> you know. I, I don't think TV uh, ever mentioned it enough. I don't, but. I don't, I don't know, man. You know, <laughs> one of those things I think kind of just went under the radar. I, yeah, maybe. I, I barely knew who he went to see you. But, oh, well, <laughs> then we'll, we'll talk to you guys next time. This is the Producers Podcast on DenverFan.com.